morning, everybody. Uh, today, as Paul said, I'm pleased to present the Government of Alberta's 2022-23 first quarter fiscal update and economic statement. These positive results are a sign of positive momentum in Alberta's economy. Since Budget 2022, energy prices have risen sharply and are boosting activity in the oil and gas sector. Businesses are going ahead with investment plans despite rising costs, while the labour market continues to strengthen. Alberta's government is doubling down on investment attraction and economic growth. By making Alberta the most competitive jurisdiction in which to launch and grow a business, Alberta is attracting job creators who in turn create thousands of new careers. Alberta's government remains committed to stabilizing provincial finances so Albertans now and in the future continue to have access to public services and Alberta's generous social programs. That's why maintaining discipline and spending decisions now means so much for the future of this province's finances. While energy prices are high right now, Alberta needs to take this opportunity to strengthen provincial finances for the long term. At the beginning of the fiscal year on April 1st, the price of a barrel of West Texas intermediate oil was just below $100 U.S. More recently, the price has sometimes dipped below $90, with an average price as of mid-August of $90.76 U.S. dollars per barrel. Alberta's government plans on spending and investing and saving wisely to better withstand potential economic downturns. And that's why Alberta's government will continue to move forward with our top priorities. By reducing the provincial debt, Alberta's government is taking the interest burden off of future generations. By investing in the Alberta Heritage Saving Trust Fund, Alberta's government is growing a source of financial strength to increase our ability to deal with the inevitable economic ups and downs. And by keeping more money in Albertans' pockets, Alberta's government is helping with the rising cost of day-to-day -day living and record high inflation. Total revenue from all sources is now expected to total $75.9 billion, which is $13.3 billion more than the initial estimates in Budget 2022. A large part of this is, a, is as a result of a considerable increase in revenue for non-renewable resources exceeding expectations as the global demand for oil continues to grow. The $28.4 billion in resource revenue, now forecasted for 2022-23, is the highest on record. We also continue to bring in more revenue from corporate income taxes as more businesses grow in nearly all sectors. On the expense side, total expenses is up marginally. Main changes include an increase of $578 million in energy, consisting of $300 million for the electricity rebates and another $277 million for the cost of selling oil to the higher prices and volumes. Education is receiving an extra $52 million to support the new teachers' agreement and to help school authorities pay for bus fuel. Justice and the Solicitor General expenses increased by $22 million for Crown Prosecutor compensation and victims of crime programs. $279 million in the funding the province received for the, from the federal government for the site rehabilitation program is being spent this year instead of next year and $73 million in capital grants as some construction projects are moving forward this year instead of last. With this in play, we have adjusted forecasted expenses in 2022-23 to $62.7 billion, or $635 million higher than budgeted. As a result, instead of a modest $511 million surplus this year, we are now projecting a surplus of $13.2 billion, an improvement of $12.6 billion. This is still a projection. And I repeat, Alberta's government remains focused on reducing debt and saving for the future. Alberta's government is staying the course on sound fiscal management to strengthen the province's finances. 
by committing a record high investment in health care, including boosting intensive care beds and emergency medical services, more Albertans have access to surgeries and medical care they need. And initiatives like Alberta at Work continue to show results for businesses. Since the beginning of the year, more than 68,000 new jobs have been created in Alberta. As of July, we have the lowest unemployment rate since 2015 at 4.8%. So we remain focused on using the surplus wisely to benefit Albertans today and tomorrow. Paying down debt and reducing the burden of debt each Albertan carries and building up our provincial savings funds. That means committing another $11.4 billion to pay down Alberta's debt in addition to $1.9 billion we've already paid down this fiscal year. That will bring taxpayer-supported debt, which is the provincial debt burden on Albertans, down to $79.8 billion. That's still a big number, and that's why we need to keep saving to support future generations. An investment of $2.9 billion in the Alberta Heritage Saving Trust Fund will grow the fund to its largest amount ever. As promised in 2019, Alberta is resuming the indexation of the personal income tax system now that the economic and fiscal conditions can support it. This will be retroactive to the start of 2022, meaning many people will get a larger refund or have to pay less tax when they file their taxes in 2022, for 2022 this spring. Most taxpayers will have lower taxes withheld on their paychecks than starting in 2023. With our strong economic situation, now is the time to once again help Albertans facing record high inflation and rising costs for food, gas, and day-to-day -day living. Resuming indexation will result in an increase to the basic personal amount to 19814 for 2022, and it will rise again in 2023. As a result, an additional 80,000 to 95,000 Albertans won't have to pay any provincial tax at all. That's on top of the 1.3 million or so tax filers who already pay no taxes. This is helping the most vulnerable Albertans. On top of indexing personal income taxes, Alberta's government provides some of the most generous supports across the country to help Albertans and families. You're still saving 13 cents per liter every time you fill up your tank. Close to 2 million homes, farms, and small businesses are receiving $50 rebates each month on their electricity bills until at least the end of the year. Natural grass rebates are scheduled to kick in this October if prices remain high. Families with kids will save hundreds of dollars underneath the new child care agreement in our province. And by helping schools cover the high cost of fuel for buses, parents won't have to make up the difference with high transportation costs. I cannot emphasize enough how the choices we make today provide more opportunities for Albertans in the future. The Alberta government's continued commitment to three fundamental fiscal anchors is positioning the province for exceptional economic growth and expanded fiscal capacity. First, the government will continue to balance the budget, making sure we are not spending beyond our means but really targeting our dollars to have the greatest impact. Second, we will continue to reduce our debt load, helping us to meet our commitments to keep Alberta's net debt well below 30% of its GDP. Our ratio will be about 10.3% by March 31, 2023, well below most, most other provinces. And third, Alberta's government is successfully bringing our spending levels in line with other provinces. Alberta is no longer such an expensive outlier, paying far more to deliver government services. Instead, programs are sustainable and continue to provide top quality services. This long-term plan will keep our province as an economic leader in the nation and will stabilize provincial finances. I know many Albertans are worried about their bank accounts, and with so much of what we earn going towards higher costs for housing, food, and gas, 
Inflation isn't unique to Alberta, and there is no simple solution that will drive down costs. But Alberta's government is making strong choices to make your life more affordable and to attract investment, growth, and new jobs to our province. We're holding the line on spending, borrowing less, and taxing less. Why? Because every Albertan deserves to enjoy security and prosperity and to be proud of the province as an economic driver and leader. Alberta's government will continue to find solutions and to build, on straw, build a strong, stable future for Alberta. Thank you very much. And with that, I'll be happy to take some questions. Thank you. Uh, reporters, please state your name and outlet, and we'll start with the floor with one question, one follow-up. So, Catherine Grukowski, Alberta Today. Why not make the personal income tax uh, reindexation retroactive to 2019? Why just for this year? So we committed to Albertans that when we stabilize the fiscal situation in our province, uh, that we would uh, re-index. That has been a, a commitment that I made uh, and my predecessor, uh, then Minister Taves, made as well. Uh, the reality is, at the beginning of this mandate, that wasn't the situation. This government was facing uh, a, an economic uh, disaster that had been created by the former government, unprecedented amount of debt, uh, significant job loss, and a, and a structural deficit in our, inside our budget that we committed to Albertans and campaigned on fixing. Uh, and then shortly after that, we also faced three once-in-a-century crises uh, simultaneously uh, in this mandate. Uh, and we committed to getting that fixed. We are now in a situation where the budget has stabilized. Uh, and so by bringing in reindexation at 2022, uh, that fulfills that commitment to Albertans uh, and uh, makes the most sense long-term for Alberta's budget. Well, yeah, you, you talked about the hardships of inflation. Um, and the mo helping the most vulnerable Albertans. But one thing you're not doing today is re-indexing AISH. And I'm wondering, you're, you're re-indexing personal income tax for people who make more than 300000 a year, but you are not re-indexing AISH, and I'm wondering why. I'm re-indexing uh, personal income tax for everyone who pays in uh, tax inside our province, not just uh, people that pay over 300000 or make over $300,000 a year, Kat. Uh, the reality is that the decision to re-index will save Albertans uh, about $300 million in tax in 2022 uh, and growing to, by 2024, almost a $1 billion uh, it will be saved by Alberta taxpayers. It will also remove about eighty five to 95,000 more people from the Alberta tax rolls, and certainly those will be amongst uh, our lowest income uh, people inside this province, certainly uh, from the tax code perspective. Uh, age and other social services programs remain uh, critical to this government and something that we uh, continue to invest in. Uh, when it comes to age, Alberta uh, spends puts 37% more than comparable provinces into the age program, uh, illustrating our strong commitment to age going forward. I don't anticipate that that will uh, that that will change that commitment, uh, and I think you'll continue to see that uh, in future budgets, uh, strong investments inside of strong social services programs inside our province. Uh, we are tasked as the Department of Finance. Uh, with bringing forward solutions that uh, combat uh, affordability issues, which are being primarily created at this moment by inflation. And this is why, as a government, we have focused on things like removing the fuel tax, uh, which uh, StatsCan in, uh, in April indicated has had a significant impact on reducing Alberta inflation. Uh, or uh, our other programs, bringing in electricity rebates, and I would say that the natural gas rebate program should have similar impacts when it starts in October, which Trevor Toome has indicated has likely lowered Alberta's uh, inflation rate by up to 0.6%, which is a significant number. And so our focus continues to be on combating inflation and helping Albertans deal with affordability measures 
and trying to find levers that will actually deal with the inflation issue as best that we can uh, inside uh, the province. What we committed to in the last fiscal update was not to bring forward solutions that would make that inflation uh, situation worse. Uh, and that's why you see within uh, this presentation today and this announcement today a continued focus on measures that are making uh, life more affordable for Albertans, but also combating inflation issues and not making them worse. Brianna Carson-Smith with Global Edmonton. Uh, in a follow-up to Catherine's question, you're dropping the GDP because consumer spending is expected to be lower because of inflation, like you spoke about. Uh, Asia recipients, seniors with uh, health benefits, other income supports, these are people who can't afford groceries or electricity, let alone consumer spending. When, if $13.2 billion surplus is not the right time to re-index those benefits, when will you look at those again? We are, uh, again, the focus today uh, is on measures that can uh, impact inflation and have uh, the quickest impact on Albertans facing affordability issues. Uh, we, you are in a situation in this province with about $2.7 billion worth of investments uh, that have been announced already in the previous fiscal update or today uh, to be able to help impact Albertans, uh, particularly stuff along the lines of uh, rebates on electricity bills, uh, removing the fuel tax, which is having uh, an impact on all of our society again. I will stress uh, one of the few things being shown to actually reduce inflation. But further that, it's also helping Albertans deal with affordability issues each and every day. The tax, uh, the removal on fuel in particular, uh, doesn't just have an impact on those of us who are filling up at the gas tank. By lowering the tax on fuel, we're lowering the cost of everything in our society. The reality is that food and all of the other things that we depend on come by truck. Uh, and that is having an impact uh, across the system and is where our focus is at the moment. We continue to be committed to the most generous social services programs anywhere in the country. Uh, we will be. It's a high priority for our province. Uh, and as we go into the next fiscal budget, I know that other uh, departments will be coming forward with ideas to improve those programs. But we will continue long-term to be committed to the most generous social service programs anywhere in the country. Follow up? Well, so it's fair to say next budget you'll relook at it? Just yes I, or no, because I do have a follow-up question. The uh, you know, departments will be br bring forward ideas uh, in, the, in the budget process. The reality is when it comes to things like ACE right now, Alberta already pays 37% more than comparable provinces. On our seniors' uh, side of things, we are, are amongst the highest for sure. Uh, we are creating enough flexibility within this to be able to adjust to changing circumstances. The last several months show how much things can change, and we will adjust as needed. But we will continue to be focused on investing in the future, paying down debt, and, paying, and investing in affordability items uh, that don't make things worse when it comes to inflation. Okay. Um, when it comes to the next six weeks, we could see an entirely different finance minister government right. in place. Your decisions here today could be changed. We could see the next finance minister's minister decide to give every Albertan 400 bucks or something like that. I wonder how you personally feel about um, your hopes for this fiscal update potentially changing come budget time. Well, the, the thing that uh, I, I want to stress is every front runner in the leadership race for my party uh, supports the principles that I'm outlining here. Uh, these principles also uh, were passed by the majority of the members of the Alberta legislature uh, in, in this past budget. Uh, while uh, there may be some adjustments to ratios and those type of things as we go forward, the reality is that uh, the United Conservative Party, uh, who will remain the government on October 6, uh, is committed to these principles, which is investing in the future through things like the Heritage Saving Trust Fund, paying down debt, uh, as you see significantly in this announcement today, and investing in affordability items that don't do more harm when it comes to inflation. 
So I'm very confident today that what we have laid out uh, is supported by the majority of my party and certainly by the majority of the leadership candidates. Hi, Carly Robinson with City News Edmonton. Um, back to the topic of H, I'm wondering if you can explain to Albertans with the dollars, the dollar amount that it would have been to de-index for that overall budget, but also what that would have meant for that individual person and why we're not doing that. If you could just answer that to the person who is on H and is struggling to pay for groceries right now. I don't have uh, that dollar amount in front of me. I wish we could follow up with you and get that for you. Uh, what I will say to uh, individuals in our province who are on age for other social services programs, uh, Alberta continues to be committed uh, to standing with those individuals, uh, which is why we invest amongst the most, uh, if not the most, inside our social services programs anywhere inside this country. Uh, at the same time, we're also committed as a province to be able to make sure that we combat inflation, don't make it worse. Our goal is not to bring forward uh, affordability items that will make things worse for that, those individuals and for all Albertans. Uh, and so we are focused on rebates, removing taxes, uh, these type of things who have been shown to make things affordable for Albertans, uh, more affordable for Albertans right now, uh, but also are lowering inflation and not making the core, print, the core problem worse, which is creating the affordability crisis worldwide. Follow up? And we're seeing other provinces take different measures uh, as, we, as we see our neighbours in Saskatchewan being cut checks, uh, all citizens, or there's child care tax in Manitoba. Why not those items? Why these items? Again, our commitment to Albertans uh, was to go forward with items that would help with affordability but not make the inflation situation worse. All of my officials and any economists that I have spoken to have indicated that uh, going forward with uh, payments like that uh, would be counterproductive to that. It could make the inflation issue worse. Uh, and so instead, we're focused on, again, removing the fuel tax, making sure that rebates are coming on electricity bills and on natural gas bills, which are being show, shown to make things more affordable for Albertans, save them money directly every month on their bills, uh, but have the added benefit of lowering uh, inflation inside our province. Uh, we will continue to do that, and we will adjust to what may need to take place uh, inside the future. But our core principle will be to do no more harm, but instead try to, uh, to, to help uh, and make sure that we're not making things worse for the very people that we're trying to help. Safe Geyser, CTV News. Uh, just following up on the question to previous there, uh, wondering, you know, it's easy for you to say that the other leadership candidates hold the same values, but we're not actually, we haven't heard uh, from them that they would do half of the things that uh, you're talking about doing here. So I, I guess I'm just wondering what the point of announcing these things are if, again, it can all just be changed or not done in a matter of five or six weeks? Well, a couple of things. First is that uh, what we are moving forward with today has been passed by the Alberta legislature, by the majority of the MLAs of the, and the elected people of the Alberta legislature uh, who passed the last budget. And these are, uh, this is the fiscal plan that was outlined on how to handle surpluses within that budget. Uh, I'm not aware of a general election that's taking place between now and October 6th, and certainly I don't think that uh, the principles that the majority members of the legislature uh, supported a few months ago inside Budget 2022 will change. Further than that, I would disagree with you. I've been following uh, leadership candidates closely. Uh, while they all have different ideas potentially on certain ratios or, or, or different programs that they may want to bring forward if they get a mandate from Albertans, the core principle of investing and paying down debt investing in the future and things like the Heritage Saving Trust Fund and strategically investing in affordability is supported by every leadership candidate as far as I'm aware. Follow up. 
Yeah. Uh, also, just curious here, whether or not uh, specifically to re-indexing uh, income taxes, does there need to be legislation passed in order for that to happen, or can you make that decision right now? So ultimately, there will have to be uh, some legislation uh, passed long-term for the re-indexation process. Uh, I would anticipate that uh, that would go in uh, this fall. Uh, but for 2022, we, uh, the Department of Finance, myself, uh, will be sending uh, a letter to, uh, to the federal government and to the CRA to, to make clear of our intention, which should uh, be able to move us forward for 2022. Now we'll go to the phones. Please state your name, outlet, and your question. Aaron Collins, CBC. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my question. Um, you're striking a very optimistic tone here, and, and rightfully so. I mean, a $13 billion surplus is nothing to shake a stick at. But watching uh, last night's leadership debate, it's, it's, a, it's a stark contrast there. Um, you know, no talk of what to do with uh, this windfall and really a lot of negativity about the Alberta economy and the impact of the, of the federal government on Alberta's economy. I'm just wondering how you rectify those two very different positions. Well, again, I've been watching my colleagues who are running for the leadership of my party closely as a, both a member of the party and as a current cabinet minister of the party that currently is forming government and an MLA uh, of that party. Uh, and the principles that are outlined inside this announcement today uh, are, are supported strongly by leadership candidates. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm standing here today announcing over $13 billion in surplus, uh, announcing the fact that under this government's leadership, uh, all jobs have been restored uh, since the uh, NDP were government in 2015, uh, announcing the largest corporate income tax rates uh, that have come into the province uh, in the history of the province, uh, despite the fact that we've lowered the corporate income tax to be able to track investment. In fact, I would say that's a proof point uh, that, that why that policy worked. Um, uh, announcing the largest natural resource revenues in the history of the province. Uh, just a few short months ago and years ago, uh, the federal government and other jurisdictions around the world were betting against our largest industry inside this province. This government and Albertans doubled down on defending the largest industry in this province uh, and are seeing the benefits of that uh, effort uh, over the last uh, several years. So I think there are lots of positive things uh, inside this announcement, and I think that this province is headed in the right direction, and Albertans are very, very excited. I travel a lot, and I hear that from Albertans. At the same time, we... I'm also in this announcement uh, indicating some caution. I can tell, you know, you can tell by how big these numbers swing, uh, the need for us uh, as conservatives uh, to uh, continue to bring forward policies that do not put the province back on the natural resource roller coaster. That's what we committed to Albertans to do in 2019. And with this announcement here today, we're fulfilling that commitment. Uh, instead of going back to the bad fiscal spending habits of previous governments, uh, we are uh, focused, again, on investing in the future of Albertans, the largest amount ever invested in the Heritage Saving Trust Fund, uh, and paying down debt, taking uh, the debt that the NDP put us on a trajectory for of over $92 billion and lowering our debt to uh, below $80 billion uh, and setting up this province for future success. So I think there's lots of stuff to be positive about, uh, and I think that uh, Albertans uh, are, uh, are feeling that positivity. At the same time, we need to recognize the affordability challenges that are taking place across the world and in our province. And there's stuff in here that recognizes that and shows clear investments in trying to make life easier for Albertans now. Follow-up question? 
Yeah, I, I think I just want to follow up a little bit. I mean, clearly you're you're optimistic, and and these numbers would would make it kind of odd not to be, which is why I think it's so glaring that there's such little optimism from the, the the folks that want to lead your party. And I'm wondering if you think or if you worry that it could be dangerous or, or counterproductive for the UCP, for your party, for this government to sort of push that narrative that Alberta is some kind of a, you know, a victim in confederation when, when we're by far the richest province in Canada and doing so well. Is there is there a potential for, for blowback there? Well, you're talking about two different issues. Uh, I know and I've heard lots of my colleagues who are running for leader uh, talk about the strong fiscal position that Alberta is in and the opportunities that come from that. I don't see lots of negativity coming from the leadership race on that issue. I would disagree with you. What I think you're referring to is candidates talking about concerns about the ongoing frustrations between this province in particular, but provincial governments in general, uh, and the federal government. Um, and th- those are different issues, and we need to continue to stand up for this province. And case in point is this announcement. The federal government of this country uh, has been betting against the oil and gas industry for the last several years and have told us at times that it was going to be the end of the oil and gas industry. The current prime minister said uh, that the oil sands at some point would have to be phased out. Today's announcement today's numbers show that the federal government is wrong, and that Alberta's government was right to continue to stand with the largest industry, not only in this province, but in this country, the largest employer, not only in this province, but in this country, and the benefits that come from this industry. And uh, this province, no matter who is the leader of my party, uh, will continue to stand up to Canada, uh, to the federal government when needed, uh, to be able to defend this province's rights, uh, and to develop our resources. Those are different issues than being optimistic about our economic future. I'm announcing today an over $13 billion surplus the largest investments in the Heritage Saving Trust Fund in our history, paying down all of our uh, short-term debt this year and putting aside money for future debt payments, uh, um, probably amongst the highest debt repayments uh, in the history of this province. There are a lot of things to be optimistic about, but just because we're optimistic doesn't mean we're going to stop standing up for this province against the federal government. Operator, please put through the next caller. Kelly Kreiderman, Globe and Mail. Hi there. Um, following up on that question, I'm wondering about uh, the negotiations that we presume will take place in the lead-up to 2024 for a new equalization formula. Do you think that um, the money that is flowing into Alberta at this moment, do you think that uh, weakens the argument that Alberta and other provinces might have about the formula being changed? Well, I think that certainly it uh, will probably cause other provinces to not want to see the formula change. As you see numbers like this, I still think that the position of the Alberta government is that the equalization formula in its current context is broken uh, and that there needs to be a conversation about that. That certainly is going to require a leadership election to be completed here in the next six weeks and then uh, that direction to be laid out by the next premier uh, of Alberta. But what I can tell you with confidence is that the United Conservative Party as long as we are in government, won't do what the NDP did, which is remain silent uh, when the equalization formula is being uh, rejigged or renegotiated. Uh, We'll be active participants at the table uh, and doing everything that we can. My personal view is that resource revenue should be removed from the formula, uh, but uh, certainly uh, we will be a strong voice at the table. Unlike the previous government, we won't sit back silently while the formula is rejigged. Follow-up question? And following on that, will there be 
Will Alberta be following through with any discussion about changing the formula for fiscal stabilization? Well, I, I'm not. I haven't had conversations about that of late with officials. Uh, we, but what I can say is that we will remain fully committed uh, to getting as much of Albertans' money back into this province. Uh, that's what this government has focused on tirelessly over the last several years, uh, and that will continue to be a, a commitment. Certainly, while I'm still finance minister. Uh, and I am very confident that whoever is the leader of my party will continue uh, to fight to get as much of Albertans' money back into this province and to make sure that we're getting a fail, fair deal within Confederation. Operator, please put through the next caller. Marinelli, Anshin, CBC. Hi, uh, I just had a question as to what is the threshold or criteria for possible de-indexing in the future? Well, we're announcing today that we're de-indexing uh, the tax system, the personal income tax system. I assume by that question you're referring to other social services programs. Uh, yes. Again, we will, uh, you know, departments that manage those social services programs will continue to bring forward their budget submissions to Treasury Board, uh, and we will continue to manage the budget underneath the principles that we have, we have outlined, which is taking our spending and making sure our spending stays in line with other provinces. We remain very committed to having the best and the most well-funded social services programs anywhere in the country. Uh, and things like age, which is a, a very common topic when, uh, when you're talking about the re-indexing of the social services program right at this moment, are about 37% higher uh, than other provinces. We'll continue to evaluate that, uh, on, but with a strong commitment to be able to make sure that Alberta has the most well-invested in social services programs anywhere in the country. Follow-up question? Yesterday, uh, Premier Kenny in his video noted that investments would be targeted toward health care and the criminal justice system. I'm wondering if you could elaborate on uh, what investments they may look like. Well, the government as a whole, this government for the last three years has made record amounts of investments in the health care uh, system. The highest health care budgets each and every year of the last three years of this mandate. Uh, and the budget that we're currently in still remains the highest investment, the highest budget amount in health care in the history of the province. Uh, you've seen the health minister announce other initiatives as well, and I would uh, encourage you to, take, uh, to, to ask Minister Copping some more specifics of those announcements. But things like the surgical initiatives that we're focused on right now and other investments uh, that you're going to see coming from health and have seen over the last uh, several months uh, will continue forward. The key message from a financial perspective is that Alberta will continue to invest the largest amount inside health care in the history of the province. Operator, please put through the next caller. Graham Thompson, Toronto Star. Hi, uh, Minister. It's wondering, going back to the leadership race, uh, Travis Tapes, your predecessor, is not committing to run again until he sees the outcome of the actual race. Do you, as a minister, as an MLA, commit to running again no matter who wins the uh, race in October? My job, uh, first and foremost, my most important job outside of being a dad and a husband, uh, is to be the MLA for Rimby Rocky Mount House Sundry. I've had the privilege of being elected uh, by that community multiple times. Uh, they have nominated me to run for my party in the next election, and I will run uh, to serve the people of Rimby Rocky Mount House Sundry uh, in 2023, no matter what comes. Uh, and I will continue to be the strongest voice that I can uh, for the people that send me here every Sunday night. Follow-up question? And, yeah, just quickly, um, what happens if somebody wins the leadership race uh, with whom you disagree. I know that you've made some comments, for example, about the Alberta Sovereignty Act, saying that that just wouldn't get through the, the legislature. What happens if somebody wins the race, not naming names here, who will push for an Alberta Sovereignty Act? What do you do as an MLA in the minister? 
Uh, first of all, I haven't commented on the Alberta Sovereignty Act specifically. I haven't seen the act. Uh, I don't comment, as you know, Graham, on legislation I've never seen. I can't provide uh, an opinion on how I would vote or what the chances of a potential bill that I've never seen uh, would be inside the Alberta legislature. What I have said uh, is that the, in, in response to a question of whether or not the Alberta legislature can pass uh, a bill that is illegal, and certainly the, the answer to that question, if there's an illegal bill, the Alberta legislature would not pass it, and I would imagine our honor would not sign it. But I can't comment on a bill I haven't, uh, ha- haven't seen. I will evaluate any legislation I see as an MLA the same way I do with every bill uh, and make a decision what's best for, uh, for my constituents and how I will re- respond for them. As for if somebody's elected I would disagree with, look, I, the current Premier of Alberta I've disagreed with at times. The reality is that our system of democracy uh, is set up that a team, a, a party, comes and tries to form government together and or the opposition. And we work together as a team. It's a team sport. Uh, but certainly around the caucus table, there's often disagreements. And if there is somebody who's elected leader of the party who I have disagreements with, I will continue to be a strong voice around that caucus table. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll stand up for the people of Rimby, Rocky, Mount House, Sundry, as they've elected me to do. Operator, please put through the next caller. Michelle Belfontaine, CBC. Hi, Mr. I want to ask you um, about the legislation uh, to amend the Heritage Savings Fund Trust Fund Act. So um, this, the fiscal update says it'll allow uh, the $1.2 billion to be retained. Can you tell me a little bit about what happens right now and why this legislation will be required? So in the old legislation, uh, the amount that would be retained automatically inside the Heritage Savings Trust Fund would be the amount to inflation-proof the fund. And that happens uh, automatically. The rest of the earnings from the Heritage Saving Trust Fund must come out in the general revenue, and if they're being reinvested, then sent right back into the Heritage Saving Trust Fund. Uh, and so we will be bringing forward legislation in the fall to change it so that you don't have to, if you're making an investment inside the Heritage Saving Trust Fund beyond inflation proofing, uh, that you don't have to make that transfer to general revenue and then transfer it back in. Follow-up question? Do you have any sense of why the legislation was, was, was written that way originally? I know we're sort of going back in time here. No, I don't. I don't think okay. I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Operator, please put through the next caller. Terry Take, Globe and Mail. Hi, Minister. Thanks for taking my question. I have, um, I'm curious, when you talk about uh, questions of re-indexing around age and other benefits. You talk about how that will have to come up in the next round of budget submissions. I'm wondering why that applies to the next round of budget submissions, but something like re-indexing the income tax does not. Uh, again, there's been a strong commitment by this government that when we found ourselves in a spot where we were in surplus and have uh, stabilized Alberta's fiscal situation that we would re-index the personal income tax uh, system. Uh, me standing here today telling you that uh, we have over a $13 billion surplus forecasted certainly shows that our budget uh, situation has stabilized, and we are fulfilling that commitment to Albertans uh, to reindex the tax system. Um, again, we remain utterly committed to having the strongest social services programs, and AISH is extremely important to Albertans, and particularly to the Albertans that, that are on AISH, uh, which is why we remain committed to funding AISH 37% higher uh, than any comparable province. Um, yeah, sorry, you had mentioned again um, something. Those types of things would come up in budget submissions the next time around. I'm wondering if they have come up in budget submissions in BC 
past round? Uh, I wasn't uh, around the Treasury Board table for the last budget, so I can't speak to it. Plus, wouldn't be allowed to tell you what was deliberated around the Treasury Board uh, table. What I can tell you is that we remain committed to having uh, well-funded uh, social services programs, uh, but as well committed to being able to make sure on behalf of Albertans that we don't fall into the bad habits of previous, frankly, conservative governments who found themselves in spots of surplus like we do now, which then uh, created budget situations where we were paying 15, 20 percent more uh, for comparable or for less services than other provinces. Okay, seeing no other questions. Okay, thank minister. you very much. Oh, Kat's got one more. I, I have one more. Okay. About the legislation. So obviously this windfall is caused partly by um, the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime event. Um, can you t speak about the philosophy behind having a bill that would allow more savings, and what's your long-term version of the Heritage Trust Fund? Well, you're right. I mean, some of the natural resource situation that we have seen take place, I would say almost all of it is out of the direct control of Alberta, uh, and certainly... I don't think any of us two years ago would have predicted that we'd be watching a ground war in Europe. Um, and that has had, had an impact on, on the situation. This is why uh, our government in, in Budget 2022 laid out a plan on how we would handle surpluses. We anticipated at some point we would be in surpluses. We obviously worked hard to get the, the budget balanced. We're probably a little bit earlier than we anticipated uh, because of what has taken place globally. But we, we knew that we would get here one day. Uh, and so that is what we passed inside the budget. That's what we debated in the legislature and through the budget process uh, was what we would do. And that's what's in this announcement, which is a focus on paying down debt. And I would submit to you, Kat, that you don't have a balanced budget as long as you have almost $100 billion in, in debt, from, from my perspective. And certainly uh, our province and constituents I talk to and Albertans I talk to want us to take debt seriously and make sure that we're not leaving a burden on future generations. At the same time, uh, we have long talked about uh, putting investment away inside the Heritage Saving Trust Fund uh, when you're in periods of windfall, uh, and that's what we're in. So what, what the difference in philosophy that you're seeing right now is a commitment to fulfill that, um, not to take that money and then use it uh, to pay for more for services than other provinces are paying for, but instead uh, put it into the Heritage Saving Trust Fund uh, and make sure that it's there to benefit uh, us now, or even in the next fiscal year. You're going to see returns as a result of this investment but also be able to uh, benefit uh, future generations of Albertans because of these resource windfalls. And is this um, strictly enabling, optional? I know um, Rebecca Schultz, for instance, has talked about very specific targets of 30% investment in savings. Have, have those details been? I, I, again, I mean, this is the, the, the core principles are supported by uh, the leadership candidates and certainly by the majority members of the legislature. Um, I see Mrs. Schultz's uh, proposal. She will put some percentages around those numbers. Uh, and certainly if she's the premier, I think that's a conversation she should have uh, with, with, with caucus and with the legislature and with Albertans. But the principles of what we've laid out here uh, are, are supported, uh, and I think will continue forward uh, in the future. I think we have to be careful um, not to, and to be fair, leadership candidates, they haven't briefed on all the numbers. They're, they're not sitting around the table at the moment. Um, and we have to be careful not to completely lock uh, the government in from being able to be flexible based on things that are taking place. I mean, as you opened with your question, Kat, uh, if you asked me three years ago there's going to be a ground war in Europe, none of us would have thought that. So we have to be able to make sure the decisions we make now also allow enough flexibility for government to adjust to protect our province and the people that live here. Right. Awesome. Thanks, guys.